Welcome to the OSMA Talks podcast series, hosted by Oklahoma State Medical Association President, Dr. Larry Bookman, MD. Hello and welcome back. Over the last few months, I've been conducting a series of interviews of Oklahomans who are leading the effort to reverse the downward trend in Oklahoma's health outcomes. In this episode, my guest is Gary Cox, Oklahoma Commissioner of Health at the Oklahoma State Department of Health. Commissioner Cox is Governor Stitt's choice to lead an agency dogged by controversy over the past decade, yet one that is responsible for protecting and improving public health. Here is my interview with Commissioner Gary Cox of the Oklahoma State Department of Health. I want to welcome everybody back to OSMA Talks. Um, we are honored today to have Commissioner Gary Cox, the new Commissioner of Health for the state of Oklahoma. Uh, Commissioner, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, we look forward to uh, your term as Commissioner and all that you're going to accomplish. Thank you. Um, you want to start out by letting us know what's your background that you became the Commissioner of Health and what do you expect to accomplish? Okay, thank you. Well, my background is I, I started actually as an educator um, and then moved from there working in public health in Tulsa. And I worked as an environmentalist and then a number of other jobs in the public health system. Um, became the director there and was the director of health for about 15 years. Um, and then was recruited to come to Oklahoma City and become the City County Health Department Director and so I was the director there for uh, 10 years. I've had the privilege of operating both in leadership positions uh, in public health at the state level uh, as president of the Oklahoma Public Health Association in the past and at the national level as too uh, as well. I served as the president of the association that represents all of the local health departments, the 2,800 in the United States out of Washington, D.C., and so it's been my privilege to be involved in a number of leadership positions uh, throughout the years. So you have bring a lot of experience to this office. Um, being the commissioner of health, our governor ran on uh, the idea of becoming a top 10 state. Can you let us know what some of your plans are to bring us up to a top 10 state? Okay, thank you. I mean, that's a good question and I, I certainly agree with the governor on his lofty goals. And I think the first thing is, and I, I wouldn't have agreed to do this job if I didn't agree uh, with his priorities. And, and his priorities, as you know, are or you know, an increased uh, priority on health, on education, on criminal justice reform, on efficiency in government, effectiveness of government, all those things I certainly agree with and, and we're in lockstep together with this administration. Um, and I think that's one of the important things about how do we get to be a top 10 state. I think, and that's by realizing that, that there is an interdependence between health, education, uh, in the economy and jobs. Uh, we know that the most powerful predictor of poor health is actually education, educational attainment. Secondly, it's poverty. And those things are all related. And so we have to look at this in a holistic view if we're gonna make a top 10 state. We have to work with the educational system. 
we have to work with commerce and jobs, and we have to work with uh, the health system as well. Uh, it's going to be a tall order, but you know, Oklahoma in 1992 was 32nd in health, not 47th. And so we've done it once before, and I think we can go beyond that. But I think what it's going to take is going to be taking, uh, looking at efficiencies, uh, for example, in the state health department, and then capturing those uh, efficiencies and reinvesting those in things across the state that are most likely to give us the greatest chance of a return on our investment. I think it's also going to be working with across state agencies, uh, working with education, working with DHS, with the healthcare authority, uh, with all of the other agencies of state government, Office of Juvenile Affairs, and by not being siloed, but working together. Uh, and so I think it's also going to be forming private-public partnerships, uh, such as working with, with uh, the Medical Association and many, many others, the hospitals and others. And it's going to take, uh, we're going to really have to, to uh, the job is too big just for any one agency or one or two agencies to do. But I think if we're all pulling together and working together and forming these strategic partnerships and investing wisely, um, and I think we can. I think we can uh, make a significant improvement. Well, you've touched on many of the questions that I'm going to bring up, uh, but the first one I have is that obviously there's been some financial difficulties with the department in the past. Um, where do we stand now, and where do we go forward from? Well, we've, we've reviewed the financial statements, and I, I think that all of those have been, those issues and problems have been corrected. Okay. And so we're in good financial condition at the State Health Department. And what we're really looking at now is how do we become more efficient and more effective. And uh, we, we want to look at uh, not asking for more money, but using the money we have more wisely. Uh, and where possible, uh, capturing those savings and then reinvesting them uh, and, and actually at the local level, at the community level where health actually happens. Before we get into some of the local problems in this state, obviously Medicaid expansion is the big elephant in the room right now. The legislative group is working on expanding federal dollars. There's a petition on Medicaid expansion. Where do you stand on this, and what do you see as the best future for Oklahoma? Well, I stand with the governor because I work for the governor, and so. Uh, but I, and, and the governor and I have had this discussion before, and I said, you know, to become a top ten state, we can't do it without expanding insurance to more people. Uh, we have to have more people covered. We have a fourteen percent uninsured rate in Oklahoma. And uh, we're not going to get to a top 10 uh, without getting uh, insurance access to medical care to more people. Now, how you go about doing that is up to the legislature and the, and the folks that are working in that arena. There are many ways of doing it with Oklahoma's plan, with doing our own plan, uh, working with the private sector to, to, make, to make that uh, access to more people uh, uh, very successful. But I think also <clears throat> we're not going to get to a top 10 status by only focusing on health insurance and on health access. 
it's extremely uh, important and we have a fantastic uh, doctors and hospitals and medical system in Oklahoma but we need to look and see if we can also bring uh, some additional things to the table that are going to to improve health such as and you know we we talk about the upstream causes of poor health and so we need to broaden our scope as well for example look at look at education uh, look at transportation and housing interpersonal violence uh, food insecurity and some of these things that happen outside of the doctor's office that perhaps public health can work with the medical community and to bring some additional resources to the table to really uh, uh, affect these upstream causes of poor health and give us a better chance of improving health in Oklahoma. Part of the problem in Oklahoma has been with personal choice and as you've uh, stated both income and education go into those choices. Um, we have a real problem with obesity, with smoking, uh, now vaping and marijuana are going to come into uh, uh, the forefront. Do you have any plans as to how to change Oklahoma's attitudes towards exercise, towards nutrition, and towards education? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, first of all, I'm, I'm a big believer in personal responsibility. It's the choices that we make have a large part to do. The choices we make throughout life have a cumulative effect on our health. Um, I think another aspect that we need to look at is um, that's not the whole picture because, for example, if you have a three-year-old child, what personal choices do they have? I mean, they're born into a system and they're born into a family in a neighborhood and so uh, really I think there are some things that we have to do to to protect children and and, and elders and others that, that can't help and, and make the choices themselves and so but I think a lot of it uh, revolves around around access making the healthy choice uh, the easy choice to make and you know that revolves around do, do they have access to uh, areas where they can be physically active? Do they have access to healthy foods? Uh, do they live in a safe neighborhood where they can get out and be active? Are there walking trails? Are there bicycle trails? Are there parks and things of that nature? So um, I think, uh, is there access to, to good medical care for enough Oklahomans? So I think all all those factors that we need to we need to look at and be aware of. I was fortunate enough to serve on the governor's health transition group, and one of the things that we proposed was when I grew up in Oklahoma, exercise was a part of the school curriculum. It's been taken out of many schools, if not all schools. Um, nutrition in the schools, getting rid of the Coke machines and putting water machines getting rid of the candy bars and putting fruit. Those are things that the governor can actually do. Are there plans to change our school systems? I think so. You know, when I was the director at the Oklahoma City County Health Department, we had a new superintendent, uh, Dr. McDaniels, came in. He's a great, a great leader. And so I asked Sean, I said, Sean, you know, 
knowing the link between education and health, what can we do to help you? What's what's the single most important thing we can do to help you? You know what he told me? He said after school programs. He said we need after school programming and so we were working in Oklahoma City on taking the lead on two schools to do uh, bring in partners to do after school programming. Uh, and and in that we're going to look at we were going to look at the upstream causes of poor health. So if they come in and, and a lot of these kids, you know, they they have uh, behavioral health issues. So get them a counselor there after school. A lot of them come in and they're hungry. So let's let's feed them. If they don't have clothes, let's have a clothes closet. Uh, physical activity. There's a gym in these two schools, and so they can come in and, and they can play basketball. They can, they can go out and play soccer. Uh, they can be physically active. Um, and so looking at, and if they have needs of that family, then connect them using community health workers to resources in the community that, that are available to them. And so I think by doing those sorts of things, by working with kids, because I really think kids are the place we need to start. Uh, and you can't start too early and you know it's never too late as well but I think that's where our real opportunities are and I know the governor is is one of his priorities is childhood obesity and so I think schools is really a terrific place to start but also by forming uh, additional partnerships with the medical community as well to identify maybe high-risk kids and then maybe bringing public health resources to the table to to link them to to the help that they need as far as nutritionists or as far as uh, linking them uh, education and classes on on eating healthier and on being physically active and and by following them uh, with a little just a little bit of extra help you talked about access, and we'll get into access here in a minute, but certainly in the schools, volunteerism among the medical community, among the health delivery community, uh, from dietitians to physicians to social workers, all would be interested, I think, in helping if there was an organized platform that we could uh, provide volunteers throughout the state and what they did in Oklahoma City is important but it needs to be the entire state and as we well know certainly the rural parts of the state are in great need of better access to better health care. That, that's absolutely true and that's what it's going to take. It's going to take uh, you know the private sector, the medical community and others, the philanthropic community uh, as well as government coming to the table and saying how can we help, particularly in the area of, of children. You know, to give you an example of, of one of our challenges uh, in eastern Oklahoma, and I, I won't say the specific city, but the, in the one city in eastern Oklahoma, uh, Robert Wood Johnson had a study about uh, who has the shortest lifespan. And this city had the average age at death was 56 years old, which is 23 years less than the national average, 20, 20 years less than the average in Oklahoma. And so that's right here in Oklahoma. And it was less than some of the African countries. Yes, it was, if, 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 if that city would have been a, a country, I think it would be like 220th out of 230, 
30 or 40 countries in the United States. And that's right here in Oklahoma. And that's not the only community. There are other communities nearby that were just right above that. And as a matter of fact, you can say it's not, it's a, it's a real problem, but it's not just a real problem. In Oklahoma County, we have a disparity in lifespan of 18 years, depending on the zip code that you live in. And that means a child born in a certain zip code might live less than 18 years less than one uh, born in, in a neighboring zip code, a few zip codes away. So place matters and access to, to services matter. And I think bringing partnerships together and working with these kids throughout the state and having an organized group, as, as you've mentioned, would be a terrific first step, I think, to make that happen. You can't have programs without metrics, without measuring outcomes. Right. Otherwise, you have nothing. Right. Um, all of the plans that we've just talked about are great, but how do you plan to measure the outcomes to show that we're actually being successful? Excellent point, and you have to gather the data. You have to gather the data and show that it works because that's gonna, how we are going to uh, not only show success but be able to expand these collaboratives and initiatives as well. And that's really the public health way. That's what public health can bring to the table because we look at the data uh, many times, zip code by zip code, county by county, and then after we look at the data, we identify the, the real issues and the problems. Then we, we, we bring partners to the table to, to develop a plan of action and then develop the partnership base that it's gonna to take to implement these community interventions and they have to be at the community level. And then the last thing is to evaluate to make sure that what we're doing is working. And so we need to gather the relevant data uh, and, and we can sure do that and uh, we need to do that in Oklahoma County with these two pilots and then across the state as well. And we want to do something in eastern Oklahoma because we really, that, that disparity is just something that we can't tolerate in Oklahoma. We can do better. Do you have any kind of timetable on rolling out these sorts of plans and having any feedback on the data? Uh, we're, we're hoping to begin uh, at least a pilot uh, in, in eastern Oklahoma. We're hoping to begin that by the first of the year. And so we want to begin gathering data and, you know, we just want to talk to the community and say, we know that there are challenges here, you know, what can we do collectively to help? And, uh, you know, I like to say sometimes they should really call the, the department that I head instead of the health department should call it the health department, H-E-L-P, because really, if you really boil all of it down about public health and all, we're here to help people, and particularly people that are, are hurting and, and need that help. When you bring up the word access, that has a lot of uh, definitions to it. Uh, we know the rural hospitals have been suffering. Uh, we know the rural hospitals can't operate without physicians or health care providers. We know a physician brings $1.9 million in economic benefit to a, a community. Um, dollars alone are not going to be the answer. We've talked about programs, but we've not talked about provider reimbursement. 
the legislature increased that by 5% this last year, a great first step. But over the last 10 years, we've had a 13, 13.5% drop in reimbursement. Do you see proposing any improvement or working with the legislature to improve reimbursement uh, for the health care providers? We would support working, working with the legislature to increase those uh, reimbursement rates. I think they're, they're critical to getting uh, in full buy-in and involvement from more people uh, and more providers. And so I think that's critical and those rates are, are really down in Oklahoma. but. There is a great first step that, that has been made, but we can do better. And another area, certainly the legislature has addressed, uh, providing more than $60 million for graduate medical education. But that was a one-year commitment, not ongoing annually. You can't run graduate programs, residency programs, which can go three, five, seven years uh, with a one-year financial commitment from the legislature. Do you see yourself, your department, working with the legislature, trying to get annually so that uh, increases so that we know we'll have improved graduate medical education, therefore providing more doctors, especially to the rural areas? I think that's extremely important because we know with the graying of America and the graying of Oklahoma uh, that, you know, there's going to be a greater demand. And and so uh, opening that pipeline and providing more more providers, and particularly in, in urban areas, but particularly in rural areas as well. And I think you mentioned hospitals and rural hospitals, and the governor, I have had this conversation on, on several occasions. What can we do to work collaboratively between county health departments and rural hospitals and others bringing partnerships together to see how we can be more efficient and help each other more? For example, we've done a couple of pilot projects in Oklahoma County with hospital systems where we've used community health workers uh, on uh, frequent users of the ER and and maybe uh, educate them and work with them uh, on wellness classes and other things to keep them out of the emergency room and so and that's going to be less cost uncompensated cost and so i think by doing some of these uh, evaluated efforts we can work with rural hospitals and see where we can work together to be be more efficient and and be more effective Certainly the Oklahoma State Medical Association is proud that it has worked collaboratively with certain partners, including TSET and Blue Cross here in the state to bring primary care physicians to Guymon and to Idabel. And we're looking for other partnerships. Uh, certainly we'd like to partner with others in the state that want to help bring primary care doctors to our rural communities. That makes a big difference if people have access to a physician locally, the hospital locally, therefore access outside of the emergency rooms hopefully can be accomplished, and as you say, at a much lower cost. Absolutely. Um, you now head uh, the Department of Health, and uh, we have a Secretary of Health and Secretary Lawfridge. Um, how will you all work together and as you talked about earlier the communication between all of these health related agencies which in the past has not been very good 
Um, they've really not communicated, and that causes inefficiencies in our state. What are your plans, along with the Secretary of Health, I know it's both of you, but to bring this to better communication for better health outcomes? Well, I mean, that's an excellent question, and we've worked very closely with Secretary Lawbridge already, e even before I uh, was actually formally appointed. And so we've had a number of discussions uh, with the Secretary and with the Governor about how do we break down the silos and bring these state agencies together. We were on a panel uh, this earlier this week, uh, uh, and several of the secretaries and the agency heads were there, and we were talking about it. And we had education there, OJA, Secretary Buck, and um, uh, and, and so we, we talked about the things about the health care authority, and so we've already met. As a matter of fact, my first day on the job, uh, the governor called and said, I want you to come over, we're going to have lunch, and he had all of the health-related um, agency heads there, along with the, the director of uh, TSET, and we sat down and talked about uh, working together. And so I think it's just uh, something that the governor, it, it's a culture that the governor has instilled, and it's one that we agree with. And we know to be, and I think really uh, DHS, Justin Brown, uh, I think they all recognize that the problems are too big for us to work alone. But if we work together, we're going to have some success. Well, we also have crossover of patients where they may be in mental health, they may be here, they may be there. Um, that makes little sense for efficiency when under one uh, vision they could have the help they need but with everybody working together instead of independently so uh, I think that we all see that it's how does it get accomplished um, at least what we've been told is the computer systems don't really communicate well so the heads can communicate but if the bodies aren't communicating that doesn't really uh, uh, help so do we see that in the future? I, I think so, and I think the I think you hit on an important point. I think the the first thing to to getting folks to work together is forming relationships. The governor's there's nobody better than the governor with doing this, and he's encouraged all of us to do it. You form relationships, and we're here to help. We're here to work. It's not about turf. It's it's not about any of that, but we're here for a common purpose, and so I think that's really gelling and beginning to work very well. As far as the, the computers and the uh, medical records and things of this nature, I know Secretary Lawfridge has worked real hard, the governor, on trying to have a statewide health information exchange, and that's going to come out very soon. Uh, and I think we've supported that, and we think it's very important. And it's important to have the medical records, the hospital records, the laboratory records on there. That's extremely important, but but it, it's just as important, and we want to work towards this as well, to have, for example, LinkedIn social service agency records, and perhaps even the correctional records, because 95% of the people that are in the, in the justice system are going to come out and be our neighbors and our family, and so we want them healthy as well. and so. Then if we can get all of this information tied together in kind of real-time data, then we can share this with all of the other agencies, with the physicians, with uh, everybody uh, that's involved in care and improving health, 
so that they can all we can all have access to the same information. We'll know where to deploy resources, uh, where to where where the uh, hot spots and the, the real problem areas are, uh, and it's going to be a, a, a great tool for decision making. I think, and, and is, I think that alone is going to help to improve health. That would help tremendously if that's an effective tool that is available and can be used. One of the problems in rural Oklahoma right now is the band access is, the wide band is not there. Uh, you're talking about a lot of dollars that are gonna have to be spent to expand uh, so that telehealth is available. Um, are those dollars available? Well, I, I'm hoping so because uh, the health healthcare authority and the health department was working on uh, uh, on money from CMS, and that that money I think is is coming in, and so I hope that there's enough money there to do sorts of the sorts of things like you talk about. Okay, those have been some of the easy questions. Now I want to get into a hard one, and that's obviously one of the discussions uh, today is vaccinations. We've had the largest measles outbreak um, in the last 25 years in this country. Uh, we're still seeing new cases come up. What is your stance on vaccinations in Oklahoma, where we currently stand, and where should we be looking to go? Well, I think it, it's the most effective way, really, to prevent uh, the spread of disease. Uh, and to keep children uh, healthy. And I've, I've just got just a few numbers here. Of course, um, if you look at 19 to 35 month old children, we have 67% that are up to date. So we're, we're in the lower half of the United States in, in the 19 to 35 months. If you look at the kindergarten, then, then we're up to 91% of up to date. And so, but, the, but a little bit of a disturbing thing is that there is a trend for more and more exemptions in that, in that area. Uh, and so, you know, as you know, we wanna, you know, our, our goal, for example, in, in measles to get our herd immunity is 95%. And so we just don't want that number to get too low. We wanna protect as many children and, and adults as we can. And so, I mean, uh, vaccinations are extremely important. Matter of fact, next week, uh, statewide in about 22 different locales, we're going to have uh, free flu clinics across the state at county health departments and uh, around the state. And so we encourage folks to come out. And if if cost is a barrier, we don't want it to be. And I know in the past, uh, for example, uh, two years ago in Oklahoma County, we did a drive-through flu clinic. And, we had folks that came out there who it's the first time they were in their 60s and it's the first time they'd ever gotten a flu vaccination. And and they just simply, we think, well, a $10 fee, but they just simply couldn't afford it. Uh, and so uh, and we, we had folks come out that, that had uh, physical limitations, disabled, and they came out in the car because they couldn't simply get out and, and make it to another, uh, to another locale. Uh, and so we had folks that were riding the bus out there and, and all sorts of things. And so 
we want to try to to work with the medical community and make these these vaccinations as available as we can and we want to partner with uh, with the medical association and helping that along we certainly support vaccinations and i think it's important that it's we're not just talking measles or just flu but there are a lot of vaccinations one of the reasons we did away with polio from the 50s and 60s is because of vaccinations um, I know when I was a child, you know, we went into the school and we got all of our vaccinations done. So it's in, vaccinations are an important part of medicine. Preventive medicine is far more efficient, effective, and uh, important than trying to treat the disease after it's already started. Much more, yes, and much more cost-effective, uh, cost and of course it saves health and lives as well. And so uh, that's absolutely that's absolutely true, and we certainly support that. One of the things that you mentioned earlier is public-private partnerships. Can you expand on what you mean by that? And and certainly that's part of Insure Oklahoma's uh, background is public-private partnerships uh, uh, with business. Um, can you expand how that would be done in Oklahoma? Uh, and what you mean by it so people understand? Well, I think it's just uh, uh, bringing folks together that have a common interest in improving health. Just use that as an example. Um, and then bringing hospitals, uh, physicians, uh, philanthropic groups, uh, the public sector, you know, government and governmental agencies working together uh, businesses, uh, the faith community, because in Oklahoma the faith community is, is large and having them involved I think is, is real critical as well. And so some of those groups, the business community, the faith community, uh, the medical community, and government, and trying to bring that group together, number one, to be aware and say that health is a priority in Oklahoma. And then coming up with some solid being having the private sector be part of the plans and the solutions to really bring the resources to bear by combining the public and the private resources together to be more effective. Yeah, I think bringing the priority of health to the forefront of both government as well as the public is what is going to be the hardest, but is also the most important. Um, We've had quite a few different topics that we've talked about. Are there other topics or other discussion that you'd like to have before we end this? Well, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground and uh, no, we just appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to work with you uh, and to work with the physicians and medical providers across the state, the hospitals. And I think, uh, I think working together uh, and with the leadership of the governor and his administration, I think Oklahoma is going to get this done. Well, I want to thank you for being here. And from the Oklahoma State Medical Association, I want to thank everybody who has watched this today. I hope you'll continue to tune in each week as we bring more information about healthcare in Oklahoma and the importance of partnering and personal responsibility. I think those are the two takeaways from today, 
the Oklahoma State Medical Association certainly wants to partner with our legislative leaders and our governor and all of the different agencies to improve the health of Oklahoma. Vaccinations are a part of it, but so uh, is education. And we will work together to improve Oklahoma and hopefully make us a top 10 state. Learn more at okmed.org and on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Have a question for Dr. Bookman? Email him at osmatalks at okmed.org.